Lord, as your word is spoken, may we inwardly digest them. And that through the inspiration of your word, we may hold fast to the blessed hope that we have in Christ. Amen. The message this morning is titled, Waiting, Working, and Watching Together. I had a story some time ago of a pastor who received a letter from one of the children in the congregation. The letter read, Dear Pastor, I still haven't received my Advent calendar. I think my dad is busy preparing for Christmas Day. He has forgotten all about Advent and the Advent calendar. Could you please gently mention it in your sermon? Because whatever you say in your sermons, my dad always tried to do it. Signed, nine-year-old Charlie. Well, let me mention it this morning in my sermon. We are in the season of Advent. If you need to buy an Advent calendar to remind you of your daily devotion to God, or for you to have your daily chocolate treats, please do. Advent is here, meaning Christmas is coming. The clock is ticking. The countdown to Christmas has begun. But what does Advent actually mean? The word Advent comes from a Latin word, adventus, which means arrival or coming. It relates to a time when people will wait in expectation, expectantly, in anticipation for the arrival of a coming king. It speaks of a period when the people will make serious preparation to welcome a coming king. A period when they will go out to make sure all the potholes are covered. A period when they will go around and whitewash all the walls and make the decoration as we will be welcoming our king at some point in the coronation uh, next year. A lot of decorations will be all around. That's the kind of preparation that this word uh, connotates. A time of preparation to welcome a coming king. But as for us Christians, Advent brings us to the point where we are waiting. Waiting to celebrate the birthday of our Lord King Jesus, Emmanuel, the God who took on flesh and came to us over 2,000 years ago as a baby boy born in a manger. In preparation to celebrate Jesus' birthday, the season of Advent invites us this time to ponder on the wonders of God's self-giving love towards us. Advent invites us to slow down. The rush is too much. The hustle and bustle is too much. Advent brings us to that place to slow down. Slow ourselves down. Stop the rushing around trying to fit into the world's commercialized system of celebrating Christmas. It is a gifted time for us to press that pause button in our lives and appreciate the silence and the serenity of that solemn event in history when Jesus, as God incarnate, took on flesh 
came down to earth to dwell among us sinners. Advent is a time for us to listen to the beautiful melody of nature, feel God's gentle breeze of peace, and hear his still small voice saying to us those reassuring words daily, be still and know that I am God. Things may not be okay right now. Life may not be going in the right direction. Things may be up and down, but Advent brings us into that place where we can be still and hear God say, be still and know that I am God. It's a very reassuring time. This season invites us as well to search, to search ourselves and to make room in our hearts for the Lord Jesus Christ to be born again in our heart, to accept the new life that Christ child offers to all people. Yes, Advent is all of those things in one sense. But it's also about waiting, preparing to celebrate the birthday of Jesus Christ. But yet it's also about waiting and preparing ourselves to meet the grown-up Jesus, King Jesus, who in John chapter 14 said, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again. In verse 36 of our gospel, Matthew wrote these words. But about that day, about that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, no one knows, not even my friend, Reverend Gordon Newton. And he knows a lot of things, this one. He knows a lot of things. But no one knows, not even him, not even the angels, the Bible says. Nor the Son of Man, but only the Father that knows. But yet Jesus says, I am coming again. The difficulty here is that no one knows when he will come. That's a difficult kind of waiting because we just don't know. And yet we are invited in this Advent season to wait for it. According to the Matthew Henry's commentary, Matthew wrote his gospel about A.D. 55 and A.D. 65, roughly about 60 50, 60 years after the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he wrote this gospel to a community of Jewish Christians that were getting tired, tired of this indefinite waiting for the promised return of King Jesus. They've waited 50 years already. They were tired of waiting. And to address some of this concern, Matthew devoted sections of his gospel to exhort these Christian communities to be patient in waiting to stay spiritually awake, to be prepared and to be ready even though they don't know when Jesus will come. The trouble here is that 50 years is a long, long time to wait. And here we are today, 2,022 years down the line, we are still waiting. But the key for us in our waiting the key challenge for us in our waiting on this first Sunday in Advent is to stay spiritually awake as we continue to wait. In our waiting, we cannot afford to doze off. We cannot afford to stray away from the faith and roam around and come back. We just cannot afford to take that risk because no one knows when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. We cannot afford to spiritually fall asleep on this mission. So Matthew encouraged his readers and us this morning 
to stay awake. I had the story of a Sunday school teacher who was about to bring the children back into the main church where the pastor was preaching. She said to the children, remember what I told you out there? No noise in there. And they all gave her a nod. And why should we be quiet in there? She asked the children. And then little Amy replied, because some people are already sleeping. So we can't afford to go there and wake them up. What a considerate girl. She didn't want to wake people up. But you see, Advent invites us to do the direct opposite this morning. In our watching, in our working, in our waiting together, we are to help each other to keep awake to prevent history from repeating itself all over again. Jesus in Matthew 24, 37 and 38 said, I quote, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and getting into marriage up until the day Noah entered the ark. And you know what? They knew nothing, the Bible says about it. They were careless. They were complacent. They were overconfident. They were enjoying themselves. They didn't want to know about God. They were just out there having fun. And the Bible said until that day came and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. You see, if we fail to keep awake and alert spiritually history, might repeat itself all over again. Noah was a very good preacher, a faithful and a committed preacher. He preached passionately to, for many, many years, and he did what God asked him to do. His world looked very much like ours today, where people paid little or no attention to their creator. They rejected God and God's offer of love. They opted to do things their own way. God says, go this way. They say, no, we choose to go this way. We think we know better now. We think we are grown up. We can handle it. Don't worry about it, God. We will sort it out. They do things their own way. But Noah continued passionately to proclaim God's message of love. He did not have the numerical growth result Reverend Tony, myself, and God in expect when we preach and when we labor and when we evangelize. He did not have that numerical growth result, yet he didn't give up. On the contrary, in his waiting time, on the contrary, in the time when he was waiting for God's promise, he remained faithful and remained persistent. This call for us this morning is to remain faithful and remain persistent because we don't know when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and it will be a fearful thing to be left behind. There was no water. Yet he was building a boat. Why? Because God told him to do so. From our reading today, God is asking us to be ready. There are no signs in the clouds of Jesus' is coming. There are no signs in the clouds to tell us, yes, about 12 midnight tonight, Jesus will come. None is there. But God is asking us to be ready because no one knows the time. Friend, what God says he will do. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Today we are 2,022 years waiting for the coming of the Lord. It is long enough. 
I may not be here when that time comes, but no matter what God says, he will do, he will do. And God is saying to us, wait for that time. The people in the days of Noah, they were complacent, they relaxed because there was no sign of this flood. We are not seeing much sign of the coming of Jesus Christ 2,022 years, but what God says he will do, he will do. So I encourage you as a church today to be ready, to be prepared, to be persistent, to be obedient to God's promise. In our gospel passage, Jesus pointed the disciples to look back at history, to learn from the past and prevent Noah's scenario from happening again. In the words of the American general, George S. Patton, in his many, many inspirational quotes, he said these words, we can prepare for the unknown by studying how others in the past have coped with the unforeseeable and the unpredictable, end of quote. A disregard for the past is a recipe for history to repeat itself all over again. And so this morning, Jesus is pointing us to look in the direction of the past so we do not make the same mistakes the people in the days of Noah made. This gifted season of Advent invites us to watch, to work, and to wait together so that we may help keep each other spiritually awake. As we know, it is easy, very easy for us to become complacent. We have got everything we need. We live in mansions. We've got the money coming in. We've got everything worked out for us. Things are flowing in the direction that we want it to be. So it's easy for us to become complacent and say, do I really need God? Do I really need God? I've got everything. Do I really need God? It is easy for us to get into that mode. Do I really need God and become complacent? Well, look at the beautiful imagery that Jesus painted for us in that reading. Jesus said in Matthew 24 verse 43, if the owner of the house, if the owner of the house knows exactly the time of the night when the devil is coming, he will keep watch. He will be awake. He will be ready. He will be on standby to defend his home so that the thief will not break him and steal his prized possessions. You see, a thief is always looking for a loophole. In John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus referred to the devil, our adversary, the enemy, as the thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Like the homeowner in this imagery, we are challenged today to always be alert so we can stop the devil. We can resist the devil. We can stop the devil when he comes to break into our lives to steal our prized possession of salvation, to steal our prized possession of good health, to steal our prized possession of peace, of joy, of prosperity. We can be alert when the devil comes with all those temptations that we put us in a position where we will be in pain and in difficulties. We are to be awake to resist the devil when he comes because he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Like the homeowners, we also must be alert. Be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour, Jesus said. Like the thief, we do not expect. So we are to be ready. I like Amma reading that over and over so that it sinks into our system that we keep ourselves in readiness for Christ's coming. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, gave us a list of things for us to consider in our readiness for the coming of King Jesus. 
He said in Romans chapter 13, verse 12 to 14, put aside, put aside. What is God saying to you this morning or asking you to put aside in this season of Advent? What is in your conscience that you yourself know that I ought to put this aside in this season of Advent? Paul wrote these words, put aside the deeds of darkness, put aside sexual immorality, put aside debauchery, dishonesty, put aside dissension, put aside jealousy, put aside unfair treatment of people when you don't even know their background, put aside discrimination, put aside uh, pride, put aside injustice, put aside greed so that we can make this world a better place for everyone as we wait for the coming of the king. Put aside the things that cause people to spiritually fall asleep, to spiritually go on a standby mode and eventually fall asleep spiritually. Put aside. But also he encouraged these people and us this morning to put on. To put on the whole armor of God. To clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. On our anthem today, wake up, O sleeper, with words, from, words and music from Graham Kendred and Beautifully arranged for us by our own director, uh, Gerard Brooks. I mean, if anybody was asleep this morning, that alone is enough to keep you awake. It was really kind of a sister act kind of jamming in the church. And I could see people moving, shaking. But the message is very clear. It is a repeated Advent call for us to wake up. Wake up, O sleeper. Wake up, O sleeper. And rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And days get darker. Take care how you live your life. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of each moment he gives. And pressing on for the prize that is to come. Engage in the things that will help you to stay awake. And in and be ready for the coming of Christ. Charles Wesley, in our next hymn that we will be standing to sing in a moment as I conclude, uh, Charles Wesley, in that hymn, gave us a clue of what we should be doing in this watching, waiting, and, and working together time. He said, I quote, to serve this present age. There is a lot to do to serve this present age. There is so much to do to serve this present age of homelessness. In a world where God has given us enough for everybody to have a home, for everybody to have a place called shelter, a place where they will say, this is safe for me to be home. In a world where God has given us all these resources, we have millions of people still living in homelessness. John, Charles Wesley is saying to us to serve this present age is our calling to fulfill. How many people have died in the channels? How many people have died in the Mediterranean Sea just trying to come here to sit on these chairs that you are sitting on and we take it for granted? How many people are leaving places that they feel that is not safe for them, looking for a safe place to come home, and in the process they lose their life and they die? And God is saying to us uh, this morning in this message to serve this present age 
is our calling to fulfill, to respond to the needs of those uh, who don't have a place to call home, to respond to the needs of children who don't have food to eat, to respond to the needs of children who are taken out of school because they don't have uniform, to respond to the needs of children still in our world today who go to school and they walk barefoot. You're talking about temperatures of 38, 37 degrees, walking barefoot two, three miles just to go to school and sit on a barefoot floor to write and to have education, to serve this present age, it's your calling, it's my calling to fulfill. But how do we respond to all of this? How do we respond to all of this? To serve this present age, an age of high cost of living, where some people in the developed world where there's wealth now begin to Think twice to turn the eating on. I was very cold in the house the other day, and I put it at 20 degrees, and I heard the boiler going, and I said, you know what? You're coming right down again. And I turn it down. Because when you think of the bills, you turn it down. To serve the present age, high cost of living, how do we respond to all of this? To serve the present age where the climate crisis is causing people Poorer people, their farms and their garden to foil because the temperatures are all erratic. To serve this present age is our calling. And I pray that God will help us to respond to serve the present age. But also our call is to be ready and to watch out for one another so that no one is left behind when Jesus comes. That should be our goal. May we, like the nine-year-old Charlie and his dad, be doers of the word of God because no one knows. I said, not even my good landed friend, Reverend Gordon. He doesn't know. Tony doesn't know. I don't know. But only the Father knows when the Son of Man will come. Our goal is to be ready. May God the Father May God the Son, may God the Holy Spirit help us to be ready.